folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Oh! Hey, everybody, it's Corey Poindexter here with your boy. It's your boy, Bo. Bow, freckity, and today on episode 57 of the Small Package Show, we're talking about NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. We're talking about SummerSlam. SummerSlam. We're opening up with a discussion about the ethics of WWE crowds and beach balls. Compared to what WWE should be doing as a company. Hey man, it's all in the debate. Raw, SmackDown, Wrestling News, all that and more today on the Small Package Show. Hit him with it, Bob. It's Small Package. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Small Package Show. We're back. Specifically, I'm back from vacation. Guess who's back right before I leave for work? Yeah, buddy. So, uh, let's just jump right into it. Uh, so this weekend, we had TakeOver 3 for Brooklyn. And we had SummerSlam. Uh... Actually, before we get into that, though, you took your dad to his first live wrestling event. First live show. So how did it go, Bob? What did, you, what did your dad think? Um, so largely, my dad was uh, captivated by a Keith Lee match that I had sent him. Uh, it was uh, Keith Lee versus Ricochet at the... Uh, WCPW World Cup. Oh, okay. USA. So this is like pre-watching before he went there. Yeah. Okay. And and he was like, "Wow, that guy's amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, you should come down to see the show." And then he did. And he had never uh, been to a wrestling show before, and he was just blown away. He there was there was some great comedy matches. There was just some incredible action. Um, we got to sit nice and close, uh, despite buying cheap seats. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was a really fun experience. Really good, really good time. I think, uh, I think my dad had a good time. Do you remember what Evolve number this was? 91. 91. Evolve always puts on a great show. They do. And, uh, this, this, uh, Evolve was no exception. And, uh, the crazy thing is that... Immediately after the Evolve show, they were like, everyone needs to get out as fast as possible because we have to start bringing everyone in for a progress show. And oh, wow. They had a progress show right afterwards. And when we went outside after the show, it was ham packed. It was uh, filled with people. Uh, so that show must have been insane. Right. Unfortunately, uh, Pete Dunn got injured, so that put a kibosh to the originally planned main event, which was Pete Dunn defending the UK Championship against uh, Jack Gallagher. Oh, wow. Wait, the WWE UK Championship? Yes, WWE oh, wow. UK Championship. That's pretty cool. Or it would have been. Yes. But uh, <laughs> that got, was not to be. He got injured. That was the Darius Carter injury. What? Wasn't that the injury that he got from Darius Carter? When was he Done? wrestling Darius Carter? I thought that that's how he got hurt, was that he took the title title belt to the side of the face. When was this? Uh, like a week a week before that. 
match. Well, why would he be wrestling Darius Carter? Um, I'm not sure what the situation. Well, do you know? Because Darius Carter is is like all over New York. Like he he's yeah. been wrestling a bunch in New York. Um, and but I thought that that's how Pete Dunn isn't wrestling a bunch in New York. Uh, I'm trying to remember how he got the injury then. Because I thought, yeah, Pete Dunn was busted open in a match against Darius Carter at a Battle Club Pro event in New York City. Huh. Um, and I, because I remember there was a bunch of hullabaloo, especially on the tier one page, about how Darius Carter's not like a dangerous worker and he's a good guy. And like it was an accident and that Darius went immediately backstage to apologize to Pete Dunn and then went and met him at the hospital when he was getting stitched up. Uh, it was a it was a shot where Darius had I don't know what belt it was, but he had a title belt of his own and he went to hit Dunn in the side of the head and it was a planned spot and something went awry and part of the metal on the belt caught him when he hit him and pulled back and it ripped open big gash Damn. on his face. Damn. Uh, Freak accidents. Yeah. And so he, he got a he got a bunch of stitches on his face and he's he's looking gnarly, dude, looking like scar from Lion King and shit. Uh, which honestly, especially when you're healing it up the way he does, uh-huh. kind of helps. Not a bad look to BH. I mean, obviously, you never want to see him get hurt, but you know. Anyway, uh, so that's good. I'm glad that your dad enjoyed the Evolve show. Yeah. Always a good time. I can't wait for us to go back to the next one in yeah. uh, October. So, anyway, did you see NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3? I did not watch it, all of it, no. But okay. I watched several highlights. It was fantastic. And uh, it, it's happened a lot lately where when there's a big NXT TakeOver pay-per-view right before a WWE pay-per-view, a lot of the times those NXT ones almost put to shame the WWE pay-per-views. It's not an almost. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty just true. Yeah, I mean, and this one was absolutely nuts. Uh, Ember Moon lost to Asuka, but it was a hell of a match. Ember Moon looked great. Asuka, unfortunately, hurt her collarbone in the match, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the belt situation. Uh, There's rumors that this may be a transitional period for her to get called up, but it doesn't seem like the injuries at work. Um, More information as it it develops. Uh, Sanity won the tag team belts off of Authors of Pain. Uh, mm-hmm. which was very impressive. Authors of Pain looked nigh unbeatable, and this match was crazy. There was a big spot involving Damo and uh, Nikki Cross. Um, not Damo. I know. It's my brain. I've, I don't even know what his his current gimmick name is, TBH. Like, I... Isn't it like Killian Dane or yeah, something? Yeah, something like, something like that. But he'll always be Damo in my heart. Uh but uh, there's a big spot for them. Um, really cool open to that match. Bobby Roode lost the title belt to McIntyre. I I did not say Galloway. That's right. There yeah. we go. Uh, and then Adam Cole, baby. Uh huh. As well as uh, Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. and Bobby Fish. Yeah. That it looks like this whole ROH invasion thing might come to fruition. Maybe, possibly. Uh, it was one of the first times 
ROH had been specifically called out by on-air announcing talent by name. That did happen at the the mm. takeover. They mentioned Ring of Honor. Um, obviously, New Japan has been mentioned before, uh, especially with AJ Styles coming out and Nakamura. But they've kind of toned back on mentioning New Japan specifically by name uh, since New Japan has kind of felt threatened by WWE, quote unquote, you know, plucking from their roster uh, and has started doing you know shows in California. So they haven't quite name called New Japan as much. They've said, oh, he wrestled in Japan, but they've sort of eased away from that. But they did mention ROH uh, and people are saying maybe Roderick Strong, who is also in ROH, maybe he does a heel turn and joins them, which he really doesn't have a lot of character going on anyway down there. Um, But yeah, overall, just an amazing pay-per-view for TakeOver 3. Just the energy is always high. And one thing that happens at WWE shows that doesn't seem to happen at those takeovers and this is ties into the news is the shit with the beach balls you know I feel like at a lot of the takeover shows they're there to watch the show and they and they have their chance and they have their rallying cries and stuff you know you've got your one falls and your threes and all that but they're there to watch the show it's a respectful environment you know it's actually sweet hmm sweet is that what they're saying? Yeah. On one, two. Yeah, it's sweet. Too sweet is the joke. At the three fall. Yeah. They say sweet. Yeah. They don't say three. Yeah, because they're doing the too sweet. I didn't know that. That's the joke. I thought they were saying three. No. This whole time. Well, I learned something. Thank you, Bob. Uh-huh. But it's a more, it feels like a respectful environment where people are there to cheer and root for it. And we've had this conversation before about Sometimes the WWE audience for the main roster making it about them fucking selves. Uh, I mean, let's if we're going to just talk about the whole beach ball scandal, let's just get into it. Because my point here is one, if you're Mm. going to talk about an audience getting over with trying to get themselves over and make the show about them, Mm -hmm. you cannot look at an NXT audience and say they're good. They are the exact fucking opposites of good when it comes to being a respectable audience. How so? General NXT crowds at Full Sail. On the like the weekly tape show. Are the fucking worst. Takeover Brooklyn, a little better. Yeah, sure. you're right. They're mostly there to watch the show. Sure. But the regular NXT crowd is fucking terrible. See, this is also coming from someone, this is my own personal viewpoint. I mostly, when I watch NXT, it's mostly takeovers. So I, I, I don't watch the Wednesday shows as often. So you may be completely right on that. Uh, second thing, mm-hmm. you're going on and on. Oh, man, look at all these rude WWE fans who only are there to put themselves over. Sure. If you're if they're paying hundreds of dollars for their ticket, I doubt they're there to put themselves over. They're probably there to watch a wrestling show. However, mm. they paid hundreds of dollars for a company to put on a bad wrestling show where bouncing a beach ball is more entertaining. So who's at fault? Well the people that paid hundreds of dollars are bored out of their mind and prefer entertainment from a beach ball or the company putting the show on. I see your point. I do think that that sort of generalizes a, a lot of the people who are there because it's really a handful of people who are bringing the inflatables. Um, 
And I feel like personally, if I went to a WWE show, if I paid, like you said, like we went to Extreme Rules, it's it, not cheap. It was not cheap for where we sat. It was, you know, around ballpark 200 inch a ticket. Uh, if someone had been lobbing a beach ball in our section, I would have been fucking salty about it because I was there to watch the show. Sure. Good, bad, or indifferent to the quality that's in the ring. I'm there to watch a show. It's just, I feel it'd be the same thing as if I went, if I paid that money to go see a fucking opera or a movie and I paid a lot of money for the ticket. If someone started throwing around a goddamn beach ball, I'd rather just punch them in the face and deflate the ball. Sure. But I see your point. And about now you're something. saying I'm going to instead generalize the other way sure. and put everyone saying everyone is just there to put themselves over. No, no, I didn't. I'm not saying that everyone in the crowd is there to put themselves over. I mean, if there, if there was four people in the crowd with beach balls trying to do that and everyone else was like you, right? Those beach balls would go up once, come down and get popped. Fair. That's not what happened though. Yeah. And there was also the wave. The wave happened several times. I see your point. There's, it's a uh, and and to the people's favor mm-hmm. for the beach balls. You have one WWE as a company recognizing that mm-hmm. in a whole Raw after WrestleMania WWE twenty four, yeah, where they're like, "Look how crazy our fans are!" Ha ha ha! Wackity smackity do! Be crazy fans! Wink right. wink! And you also have. Cesaro coming out and interacting with the fans and being like, hey, if you bring a beach ball, I can pop it. And then you also have Cena coming out during Raw, which you probably missed because you were probably sleeping by this point, being like, ah, look at everyone. He even stopped Samoa Joe at one point and been like, let's look at this crowd being goofy and crazy. And Mm -hmm. he was conducting the wave Mm -hmm. like. So yeah. So who's at fault right. if you have WWE actively saying do this because we're having fun with you while you're right. doing it, basically encouraging them and then turning around and banning it? Because that's the news that's that's breaking today is that apparently they're banning inflatables. Yeah, as of SmackDown last night, they were banning all beach balls and pool related items from entering arenas. To be fair, not a lot of water. No. So there's not a lot of justification for I need this inflatable. Um, I mean, unless it's your waifu. I guess you could argue this is my waifu. She's inflatable. But I don't know. I see your point about them basically encouraging it. Right. You have you have them a encouraging it and B putting on a way too long show that doesn't hold people's attention. Sure. So. I I can see. I think banning beach balls isn't a bad idea, to be right. honest, because then you can at least sh- like stifle the people who are like, the fans are annoying. But like, okay, well, they can't do that anymore. Fine. Right. You're right. But that does not solve the overarching problem of WWE needs to just make a fucking better show that can hold people's attention. You're treating a symptom and not the disease. Exactly. I, know, I can agree with that. Because regardless of, of banning inflatables, you can't stop the chance. You can't stop the wave. You can't stop the restlessness in the crowd when the product's not good. Um, I, think, I think it sucks for the performers who are in the ring when that happens. Because generally speaking, in the same way that, you know, most of the fans didn't come to sit on their hands, you know, 
the performers aren't going out there by and large to put on a bad show. I mean, there's been a couple of sabotages throughout wrestling history of guys coming out there with backstage gripes being like, well, I'll just take it out here. But generally speaking, you know, you had a Cesaro Sheamus and Seth and Dean match going on when that happened, where these guys are putting, putting on the best show that they can in the ring, especially with, you know, everything they're given. Um, and it's, it's got a, it does have to suck for a lot of the performers when there's, you know, CM Punk chance or boring chance going on and they're doing what they can. Um, that said, it is ultimately on WWE to figure out a way to make the product better. Yeah. I agree with you. And uh, also, mm-hmm. to all the nun fans out there listening, mm-hmm. if you find yourselves going to WWE shows and getting bored and not wanting to be there and instead, like, like don't buy SummerSlam ticket packages that are 20 plus hours of wrestling over right. the course of four days. Right. You're going to get bored. Like, that's too much fucking wrestling, you guys. Like, I mean, we people people got to my house generally around what, like six, six thirty yesterday um, or not yesterday, Sunday uh, for SummerSlam. The pre-show started at five. I put it on. Nothing was really happening. Uh, I think most of the people got here around six, six thirty. And it's like the show wasn't over till a little after eleven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's minimum that most people watched at my house that night, five and a half plus hours of wrestling. And that's probably too much. That's uh, that's too much for anyone. But then if you bought the, you know, ticket bundles that include all four shows plus meet and greets, right? That's another two plus hours for NXT. Right. And that's three plus hours for raw. And then another Mm. two plus hours, three plus. If you stay for two or five live. Oh yeah. Smackdown. It's a lot. Like that is, like only do this if you are actually serious about watching that much in insane amount of wrestling. Like if, if you don't think you can be held, if you don't think your attention mm-hmm. can be held for that, I don't blame you. I sure. do not blame you. Just don't show like, don't buy the tickets. Don't then. put yourself in that situation. Right. And like when it comes to the big four, like most pay-per-views clock in somewhere between two and a half and three hours. Occasionally, they run a few minutes over. We'll just not even pay attention to that. Two and a half, three hours for a wrestling pay-per-view. Well, if you count the pre-show, <laughs> let's say four. Okay. but like, Because, I mean, like we got there and we saw right. the, the pre-show matches. Um, so, you know, four hours is a lot of time for anything. You know, when you go to a movie, you're typically in there for, if it's a long movie, two and a half hours. Tops. You know. Yeah. Or, I mean, unless, by, unless it's fucking, you know, avatar or titanic or whatever you know you're there for like two two and a half hours yeah you know and and i think that the problem that wwe's having uh and they kind of back themselves into a corner with this is the fact that with the brand split having so many pay-per-views i could easily justify being like okay wrestlemania and summerslam are like five hours long basically because they they each happen once a year and it's Twice a year. Mm-hmm. Summer's like, uh, you know, Survivor Series is typically treated like a normal pay-per-view in terms of length. Yeah. Um, same with the Rumble. And yeah. the Rumble gets away with a lot more because the excitement of the Rumble itself right. is it's such a fucking spectacle. Rumble. Right. Um, and when so you like, OK, you have the big four. And prior to this brand split, they had gone back to that meant eight other pay-per-views a year. And those pay-per-views were two to three hours long ish. 
a little over if you include the pre-show. But now they have two a month on average. It's draining. And it, it's a lot to take in. And they're all three hours. Plus. And, and it's like, you know, we get that more people get more time because they're exclusive to a brand with the exception of Survivor Series, Rumble, Mania, and SummerSlam. But it's still a lot of wrestling. Plus, your Raw is three hours every week. Your SmackDown is two hours every week. If you watch 205, that's another hour every week. Fuck it. If you pay attention to TakeOver or any other wrestling promotion, every week guaranteed we have a minimum of five to seven hours of WWE content to ingest for us to do this podcast. Uh And on a pay-per-view week, we have at least, even if we say fuck all to the pre-show, we have at least another three. That's a fucking full work day's worth plus of watching wrestling. And it gets and to be a lot. that's just WWE. That's yeah. not even NXT. That's not even... I would love to watch... Well, five, that's right. not even... I would love to watch New Japan. UK. New Japan has a streaming service where you can watch some of the New Japan stuff. I would love to watch it. Lucha Underground's been on Netflix for months now. I've been wanting to watch it, but every time I go to sit down and turn on Lucha Underground, I go, no, I don't want to watch more wrestling. And I'm like, and I need to watch Raw and SmackDown, or at least an, enough of it that we can talk about it on the podcast. Which I love this podcast. Even if it's even at the end of the day, it's just you and fucking me that that listen to this the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I love the podcast. Uh but my God, it's just so much so I can understand the restlessness of the crowds. But at a certain point, it's like, then why fucking go? You know what I mean? If you feel if you show up with an inflatable, you are already showing up with the mindset of uh-huh. I'm gonna be blowing this up and throwing it because it's gonna be bullshit. Well, yes and no. Because if you show up with an inflatable, then yeah, you're probably one of those minority fans that's there to disrupt the show. Sure. However, that one minority fan can get a whole hell of a lot of followers along with them mm-hmm. if they all find themselves bored. I and I, I see that, and I see where there's the argument of if the product was better, the other people who join in with the chance or the beach balls might not. Yeah. There's a report from the crowd at takeover. I mm-hmm. read where they're like one section started chanting for themselves and they're trying to get themselves over and the rest of the arena then was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then they weren't allowed for the rest of the night. There you go. Self-policing. Exactly, because they put on a good show at TakeOver and people wanted to watch and people were like, we don't want to listen to you chant, we want to watch. Now, if they did that with Beach Ball, they'd probably probably be like I said, if a crowd of yous, everyone would grab the Beach Ball and pop it. Sure. Yeah, and the NXT fans typically are a little bit more I'll say a little less casual because there's always at, at WWE pay-per-views, there's less casuals than into Raw or SmackDown and especially a house show. But the WWE main roster, even the pay-per-views, will have more casual fans than an NXT show, which typically more hardcore fans anyway. But if you're going to show up with this inflatable, why? What, I mean, what the fuck then? Like, I mean, this is just my opinion, but like, if you're already showing up with, it'd be like the th- if they if someone showed up with a fucking Vazuzu, whatever the thing from the World Cup, yeah, like a, years ago that they Vuzela, Vuzela, yeah. Uh, if you show up with one. Motherfucker, what were you bringing it for if you weren't planning on going in the show? Because mm-hmm. and if and if you're coming and paying potentially hundreds of dollars for a ticket to then like why the fuck did you come to a wrestling show? Why didn't you just watch it at home and to your own screen if you were bored or turn it off and put on a movie? 
it to me that's the irksome thing is like if I paid a bunch of money to show up to a show, and this is all my own opinion solely. I don't speak for you. I don't speak for small package corporation. <laughs> but but like if I sh- if I paid a bunch of money for a show and I showed up and someone was doing that shit, I would be fucking irate. But I see your point of it's if WWE wants to try to curb this, the easiest way is to simply either either make it better and or shorten it. Because if it was shorter, at least then people might not grow as restless. Yeah. Which we'll never see a shorter raw. They However, make too much there's, there's also a couple interesting ideas I've seen pop up try to combat this. Sure. One of them was how... Uh, an interesting production standpoint, mm-hmm. they light the audience on WWE main roster, but okay. they keep the audience in the dark on NXT. Okay. So even like subconsciously, you have people being like, I have stage lights on me. Sure. That's it. And That's- they kept they on WWE main roster. They'll also keep cutting to the crowd. Right. So, you know, if you have a, super fucking exaggerated overreaction to something, there's a chance you're going to be the reaction shot. Right. So even just just keeping the lights on the ring, right. keeping the lights on the action That's could just point. could just like subconsciously. And even if you even if the only part of the crowd that you lit was that first couple rows, those are the people who are paying hundreds of dollars for a raw. Because like, you know, we can go to Barclays and grab nosebleeds yeah for like 30 40 bucks if that yeah like if you wait until like night of and go stub hub it you can probably get in there for like 15 20 if you're if you really wait uh-huh or but you know the people in the front row they're the they're usually the hardcore 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 fans anyway sure. or or friends and family wrestlers yeah so you know they're not gonna fucking step out of line and, uh-huh. and be dicks um for the most part um so even if the light only extended that far to which some people might you know, bemoan it a little bit and be like, well, you know, but part of WWE is bringing the signs and the shit. And I'm like, yeah, but that really, really picked up in the late attitude era and the early ruthless aggression era, which arguably is when things started to get kind of shitty. Yeah. Right. So when it became like every motherfucker brings a sign, not every fucking person needs to bring a sign. And it's funny. Yeah. It's funny when, you know, on WCPW when they, you know, oh, or on, you know, when what culture wrestling, when they're like, oh, look, it's a King Ross sign or it's a, you know, Adam for creative sign. Yeah, it's funny. It's, sure. But like none of it really is going to add anything to the experience for the by and large audience. And like you're saying, by showing these people with the spotlight, even if you only had the lights on them for that opening, we're sold out at the whatever arena. Yeah. And then dim the lights like a show. Like think about like concerts, exactly. theater performances. They they have the house lights on, and then when the actors come on the stage, you turn the fucking lights down. That's a great idea. Uh, and I I fully would support it if they did that. You mm-hmm. know, because really ultimately it's not about we're not paying hundreds of dollars to go watch the rest of the audience. Yeah, <laughs> we're paying it to go watch the wrestlers. So anyway, yeah, that was a good discussion though on on that. Um, so let's go ahead and, and just hurry up and break down SummerSlam. Sure. Uh, you won predictions handily. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know what I did with the sheet of all of our predictions. But I won. You won. And you won handily to the point where 
halfway through the night, we were just trying to come up with situations that might help me make it back in to the tie to tie. So so the punishment, we'll probably do that next week. Uh, I'm taking one of those face masks, the face scrubber, facial cleansers, charcoal mask. Uh, Kayla did it first because she bought them for herself anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she screamed. She said they were very painful. So I'm not super looking forward to this. Hey, but at the end of the day, you'll have great skin. Yeah, that's true. She told me shave immediately before doing that, which makes it probably better that you didn't lose. Probably. uh, Because you've got a nice, glorious, voluptuous, nice beard going on. Meanwhile, I can't grow anything beyond like a don't let them near your children mustache. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. Uh, we'll probably put that up next week. Um, Maybe I, even live stream it on Facebook. Yeah, we probably will. Uh, I thought it was a really good show. I think that the main event really kind of saved the night and put it back into like an A quality show for me. I don't know if I'd go with it up to A, but I might give it like a solid B minus. Sure. Um, there were some interesting choices and some weird choices. And some outright stupid choices, but that's what you get with the WWE show. Sure. Uh, let's just go over highlights in our own minds. Um, I thought that New Day and Usos was a great match. It was a great match. Didn't deserve the pre-show, but what are you right. going to do? Was, and uh, honestly, same with Tozawa Neville. It was absolutely great Didn't match. Deserve the pre-show, but what are you going to? There was a lot of stuff they could have done on the the pre-show in lieu of that, but yeah, they did like Enzo in a fucking shark cage. Match. Yeah, that's true. But two title changes on the pre-show. Yeah, and. uh I, I guess if you're trying to get people to watch the pre-show, like giving great matches like this is a good way to watch it. But it's one of those double-edged swords. Where, like, sure. No one's going to fucking watch the pre-show. So if you put right. great matches on it, no one's going to watch. That's but, fair. I mean, that was an, that was notable at the end of the Miz and Miz Taraj versus Jason. Jordan well, that was a problem match. with that was a problem with Barclays. Yeah. The pre-show started at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. People with tickets started getting into Barclays. At 5 p.m. Mm. So the match started at what? 520? A little later than that, but yeah. So like you that, have still. maybe 100 people in all Barclays who have managed to like get in, get to their seats, right. and sit down for the show. They should, have, they should have pushed it back a little bit. But at the end, Miz was running around, and there was literally no one in that lower tier. Yeah. It was a little awkward. Yeah. No, they, they, they should have... Either A, start letting people in at 4.30, or B, put the match back to like 5.30, 5.45. I felt like it became a six-man tag because of the revival injury. Ab- yeah, absolutely. They needed the Hardys on the card, and it also sucks because they're like, we need the Hardys on the card to make this a big card, and then pre-show. let's have the Hardys perform for open, 20 people. Open the pre-show. Open the pre-show and perform for 20 people. Uh, it was not. It was not bad. It was interesting that they pushed more of the Kurt, Kurt, uh, Curtis Axel and Jason Jordan than Miz and Jason Jordan, and there was no Intercontinental Championship. Interesting that Miz got to harp on that. Uh, I thought that actually helped his character a little bit by being able to be like, I came here to fight. He did pin Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle's son, kayfabe. Uh, and, you know, it was good for Miz. Not so great for everyone else, but the pre-show otherwise... Two out of three were great matches, and they were. And one was not bad; it just was hampered by. You need a crowd to cheer, yeah, to get you into it. Um, a lot of weird shit on the main card, uh, but yeah, the shark cage match. What the fuck was that? Stupid. I did think it was kind of a cute gimmick to have Enzo 
pull lube out and, and oil himself up to get out of the cage. And I did enjoy the fact that he immediately was big booted upon getting down into the ring, but almost in a more of like schadenfreude. You sh- we shouldn't have been happy about that because Enzo's the face. Also, the, just that whole match, though, like it was sloppy. If you're trying to get away from Enzo, why do you lock him above your match in a case? Like, and typically you lock up the the uh, a heel who so they can't interfere. Yeah, I the whole. Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Uh, tag team Raw tag team match was was pretty good. It was it was a solid match. I a mean, bit you, predictable, sure. but it was uh, it was. Good performance, and you always have great performances from Sheamus and Cesaro. They're really good workers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually pretty glad that they're together. Uh, I'm actually a little almost sad for them that they don't have the titles anymore because it, it's something interesting. I hope that they don't break them up too soon. Yeah, I think that they still have a lot of gas in that tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean and Seth win. That was pretty neat. It was fun. Uh, win its championship. I don't know how I feel about Sasha winning over Alexa. Eh. It's it's sort of. I don't know. The match itself was fine. It was not great. It wasn't bad. It was in the middle. I feel like this could definitely set up pretty easily like the a heel turn though because mm-hmm. once Bailey comes back, they'll right. be like, "Hey, we're best friends." Haha. And, and they'll be like, "Oh, I we're going for the title." And then be like, "Okay, haha." <laughs> some some sure. Uh the SmackDown women's uh happy for Natalia? Yeah. I mean, a little weird for Naomi to lose it. I don't want to say too so soon, but yeah, I mean she's held it not consecutively, but pretty much since WrestleMania. What, before that, a little before WrestleMania, February, something like that. Like that's a pretty long title reign. And, and Natalia, I mean, it's nice for her. She's been here for a long time. And Absolutely, it's great for her to be a champion. And, and not, realistically, and I, this reign is not going to last very long. Probably, not. it seems they've been teasing a Money in the Bank cash in. Sure. A lot. So it looks very much like Carmelo will be cashing in any day now. Randy Orton Rusev was the worst match on the card for me personally. Well, but it was awful. For it me. wasn't even a match. Uh, I mean, Rusev attacking him before the bell. Interesting. Liked it. Then he they ring the bell. Single RKO pinfall. Rusev deserves better. That it, was poor shitty booking. Why does Randy Orton need to squash Rusev? So looking back at last year's SummerSlam, a, this is the second year in a row that Rusev got like fucked out of a match because yeah. he and Roman got into a scuffle before their match last year, and right. that match didn't happen. Sure. Uh, B, this could be some weird way to give Orton a thank you for the la- SummerSlam he had last year. Oh, right. He got his gourd busted open. Yeah, in another non-match. Um. um however... What the fuck did Rusev do where he's just like, I don't know. Seems like they're just like, get the fuck out of here, Rusev. We didn't get to talk about it because we weren't. I was on vacation and we didn't record. But Baron Corbin cashed in his money in the bank briefcase on the go home smackdown in the dumbest way possible to lose it. Yeah. And I I get I've heard that he he tweeted at an active service person. No, what the was guy it? who was in the military, and he was like, you're doing nothing with your life, and the guy responded like, yeah, well, I was in the army, and like, so Baron like, sheepishly was like, sorry, and people are like, Vince is probably burying him more because he said he was sorry than the fact that he attacked a service member. Maybe. I didn't even see the tweets. 
Uh, but Rusev must have done something. I don't know if he, you know, tried to make a pass at Linda or Stephanie. He must have done something, dude, because he's for some reason just getting There's all kinds of There's a lot of, of people on. speculating that he has backstage heat because of Lana and like shit she's done. But I don't buy that because Lana, if anything, has gotten a huge push lately. Oh, yeah. No, her thing with Tamina so, has been her thing with Tamina has been more interesting. And she's had title shots. Yeah. Three of them. Well, those were kind of squashes, but sure. One of them wasn't. The first one wasn't. Sure, sure. She did get that awesome power slam move or spine buster kind of power bomb power bomb thing. whatever it was a sit out something but it was yeah she got some heat offense in there but like yeah, i don't know i don't think that's the case it Rusev just must have done like, something though yeah i don't know yeah seriously sure um but then speaking of corbin he got completely jobbed out to cena in a match that started with cena just fucking joking around he went out and grabbed jbl's hat and was all like like Way to just bad. make Corbin look like a pathetic joke. Yeah, I mean, and uh, first off, the the cash in thing made him look terrible. Yeah, it made him look like a moron. But I mean, you could get over that if he had gone over Cena. You could have been like, okay, well, yeah, like if he came back and was like, I did something stupid, like oh, I'm angry, I'm gonna take sure. it out on everyone and like came out and just fucking tore up Cena and was like I'm coming back like you'd be like okay so they punished him for the Twitter shit by taking his briefcase which is stupid because WWE you're punishing yourself that briefcase is something that you yeah, say you can't get back now he's now it's gone for another year until yeah until next summer June uh, so you're like okay well that was squandered and then he loses to Cena very fairly quickly it was yeah it was like not five a long match. match it was it was one AA like if there's any pr- finisher that's not protected in the WWE it's yeah. an AA and it wasn't even an avalanche AA or anything it was just a straight up one regular ass AA got him uh, so Baron Corbin that was bad uh, and Rusev getting squashed I hated that I wasn't quite as mad at the uh the Bray Wyatt match uh while I was saddened because I love Bray Wyatt as a as a smart you know analyzing it I'm not as mad at it there was a a match it wasn't super long but it wasn't a squash it wasn't super short Bray got in some offense and if anything it made the demon Finn look even stronger than normal Finn Balor yeah I just wish that they'd do something with it like yeah he has the same moveset. He has the same finisher. He has the same entrance Mostly, pretty much. Yeah. It's if they did like, something if, where, if he wasn't in face paint, it would be an identical Finn Balor match. Sure. Like I, I do think he was a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more reckless in the ring as Demon Finn. But yeah, I agree with you. If he had like a a, a slightly modified moveset. Or like a different finisher, especially a different finisher. That would be still crazy. doing the same Finn stuff, and you're supposed to be like, "Oh, this is a different guy." Like, no, it's not. It's a dude in fucking face paint. Sure. Like, don't tell me he's being possessed by a demon and like all po- more powerful and all this shit. Right. He's doing the exact same stuff he does normally. Right. Um, I wish that they let Bray get a little more offense in and have a few more false finishes in his favor. Um, but it is what it is at this point. I mean, I don't know what else I can expect from Bray Wyatt because they've kind of neutered him, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about before the main event. There was a lot of stuff on the the big joke about the Balor 
Wyatt match mm-hmm. that people had was it's uh it's the Balor Club with no club versus a cult leader with no cult. Yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. I want to talk about U.S. Championship match. Uh, I wasn't mad at it, but it does it like on one hand, at least we're finally getting the fuck away from KO versus AJ for a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm we not- had to get through this summer, this SmackDown first, sure. but it looks like we're finally fucking done with this storyline. But now it looks like it's going to be KO and Shane O'Mac, which I'm not not loving but i mean shane's proven that he can still fucking hang yeah shane so can go at like least that i i'm not the idea of a shane ko match it's probably going to be a fine match realistically compared to most of the other matches that sure. they put on like it'll probably be a fine match sure it's just one of those things where it's like god damn a mcmahon has got to go over all the time mm-hmm. well hopefully he puts over ko that would be great um the match itself was fine uh you know, kind of again, samey predictable stuff with the whole pushes and roll up uh-huh. pins. Um, <coughs> uh, you know what? Actually, wait a second. I'm gonna go ahead and say, you know what? Okay, maybe, maybe the Rusev thing was the worst thing on the card, but a honorable mention: Nakamura versus fucking Gender. Can Gender win a match clean, or let Nakamura go over? Don't have Jinder keep winning with the same bullshit tactics every time because he looks like a shitty champion. Yeah, he is. Speaking of same matches, every single Jinder Mahal match is the exact same match. Unless it's in a Punjabi prison. But and even and then, Kali it's only out. slightly tweaked. Sure. Like the ending is still largely the same of distraction from somebody else and then Jinder getting the win. And, and you know what? The, 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 the heartbreaking thing about it for me is that Gender, I I think has has done a good job, like with what they've given him to do. Clearly, they've already determined the Singh brother interference is how the matches are going to end. He looks he looks great. His look is fantastic. His promos have gotten so much better from the three MB era. Yeah, I and I mean, his promos are great, and he's really good on the mic. Like, don't shit on him for having to say the same thing over and over again because that's not on him that's what he's at least delivering that same thing every time with like that same fire he's got an amazing mean mug oh my gosh great mean mug he is yeah and i mean like when he came on smackdown the the this this week um and he had like that whole like talking to Daniel thing. Like yeah. he was still he's still great at he, like he carries himself as a guy that you're like this guy could fuck you up, right? And also his entrance is fucking baller. It's really it great. even got the girls' attention at SummerSlam where they're like, "Who is this? Uh-huh. This is cool." He's got so much going for him right now, which I if you told me four years ago, I would be saying that Jinder Mahal, the fucking WWE champion, has so much going for him. I would have been like, well, that's not fucking happening. Right. But then again, fucking McIntyre's the NXT champion and uh, fucking uh, Slater. Slater. I don't know why I was blinking on him. Slater was the first NXT tag team champion. Smackdown. Three. Uh, what, what did I say? NXT. Oh, Smackdown tag team champion. Uh, man, 3MB killing it in 2017 for the most part. Well, hey, Slater is no longer the, the lowest rated person in the video game. So... How about that? <laughs> anyway, 
this match was just fucking garbage because if you're gonna if you're gonna have Nakamura win, have Nakamura win, start the Nakamura era. He looks he's amazing. Like historically, go back and watch old Nakamura stuff from New Japan and then watch it from NXT and then watch it from now, and you're gonna be like, wow, they're holding him back. They really are. Like he's he is so fucking good. And they're holding him back. So either if you're not gonna have him win, let gender I know that you're like, oh, but doesn't that make Shinsuke look bad if you have Jinder go over clean? I don't think so. Because if you have a match where they both get a good amount of offense in and you do like fucking look at Okada and Omega shit, neither of those guys look bad. If you have one of those things where like they battle to hell and then like one dude fucking collapses onto the other after he hits his finisher Perfect. and then they like pass out on each other and one, two, three. Sure. And like they still are just both lying on the ground. Like it shows that they both went through hell and back. And- yeah. And then if we if you had done that to open up a, a program with them and had it to the where fucking Shinsuke hit uh, the Kinshasa right as Jinder hit him with some sort of just devastating clothesline. And then they both just flop down on the ground. But like you said, like, you know, Jinder's arm is just over there. Or even if or even if you had one Singh brother distract the referee and the other one drape his arm and get out of the ring. And then you're like, well, they both battled real hard. And that sucks that, you know, Jinder's goon squad is the reason this happened again. But to straight up have Shinsuke play the fool and get distracted and then get fucking colossal every single person wrestling gender plays the fool it's just i wish they didn't end it like that plus gender lost to orton in the grudge match that had no title it's like why why are you doing this he's your champion don't let him look like a fucking idiot yeah i don't they i don't know and in kayfabe you're kind of presenting any of his opponents as morons by letting the Singh brothers be, be like, it's not new, right? Like call out to Daniel, be like every single one of his matches has ended with the Singh brothers interfering. Can they not be on ringside for my match? Band Ellsworth, didn't we for, I mean, for a while anyway. So all that aside, the yes. show was a big bag, a mixed bag. There was some good, there's some bad, but then you'd the be main hard, event. You would be hard pressed to have a problem with this main event. No, it was fantastic from top to bottom. Truly, that is what a WWE pay per view main event should feel like. Yes, it should feel like four big fucking hosses, all of which have great opportunities. Yeah, no you idea had, who's going to win. No idea who's going to win. You had, you know, huge moves, big interferences. If, yeah. if more four ways felt like this. I would not have a problem with multi-person matches because I enjoy a good singles match and a good singles with a stipulation. But for a while it felt like, Oh, they always do three ways and four ways and triple, you know, triple threats Mm -hmm. and four ways and five ways. I'd be fine with it. If it felt like this, everyone felt like they could have walked away at any time. Oh my God. When Lesnar pulled the fucking ref to stop, wasn't it Roman from pinning, uh, uh, Joe Joe? or Strowman? Somebody. Yeah, Roman was going for a pin, and my God, all of us in the We're room were like, "No!" And then fucking Lesnar pulled right, the ref two point eight five. And can we talk about how Strowman is the real you the real MVP? Strowman, absolutely. He came out of this looking so fucking amazing. If you had told me a year and a half ago, two years ago, year and a half ago, maybe even a year ago, that the fourth, maybe third best member of the Wyatt family was going to be in a feud with Brock Lesnar. 
for a title and you want him to win. And yeah, I would have been like, well, that's not happening. Braun Strowman, the walking botch machine. He was like Sin Cara level in my eyes. Mm-hmm. This, he has grown so much. They let him talk just enough, but he knows where his weaknesses are in the promo. And then he cuts himself off. And, you know, he he's just so big and so powerful. And the fact that he's the only one who did not take a suplex. He still has not taken a yeah. suplex. That is going to be a fucking awesome feud. I just hope that I know that he came out on Raw. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit here, but he came out on Raw. He hit Lesnar, knocked him down, held the title. That's cool. Now separate them. Do not have us have fucking Strowman Lesnar matches on fucking Raw. Yeah. Or on a on a piece of shit middle pay-per-view. No. Like the next time they see each other is in the ring for a quote unquote contract signing. Sure. The, the go home show before Raw. Sure. And that's how you close Raw as a brawl in the ring. Minimum Survivor Series. Maybe you try to stretch that out to WrestleMania. And I'm not even fucking with you. Well, the first that's already they're already confirmed for No Mercy at the next pay per view. They're fighting at No Mercy. The main event. <sighs> I hope that something goes awry and that they can push it again towards Survivor Series. Well, so here's what they could do, in my opinion, is sure. fight at no mercy, give Braun the title, give Brock his rematch at Survivor Series. That would work. Because well, then you keep it stretched out, you get the sh- you get the title back on TV, which is sure. my big thing, is the title needs to get back on television. I don't know. I, I think it's actually, as long as, well, if they don't put the title, if they don't put the Universal Championship back on TV, they've got to do something with the IC belt, and they have to elevate the tag team titles. Exactly. You can't have a show with no top prize. You can't have a right. show with no quote-unquote goal for all of these competitors to be going for. And they haven't had that on TV pretty much since WrestleMania. I'm in agreement of of that. I think that I do think that um, it does elevate the status of the WWE Championship a little bit when you only have it contested at pay-per-views. But we can't have what we had where it was like from WrestleMania to Great Balls of Fire, we didn't have a championship match. Didn't even even see the champion. You can't have that happen. Until like the week before Great Balls. You can have them not show up all the time as the champion or not defend it all the time. That's fine. I'm not trying to see that like attitude era. The title changes hands every week. Yeah. But you just you, you can't you have need, it go you three need months. To, you, yeah. You need you need a fucking carrot to f- chase after. Sure. You can't have nothing dangling in front of you. Um, but that said, this feud has me all hyped. That match was great. Everyone looked strong in the match. Everyone looked good. Even... Br- uh, sorry, uh, uh, even Roman. It was hard for me. Except he needs to stop spamming the arm cock. <laughs> it's really the arm cock. How That's many times do you cock his fucking Can, arm? If he took his vest off and stopped jerking off his arm, he might not be taken as much as a joke. And you know what? He can hang in the ring. He's not bad. He just needs to take off the fucking vest and stop cocking his arm. It's dumb. It right. does not look cool. You can even keep the ooh I don't care. Yeah, the ooh is fine. Like every, fine. Every, every wrestler has their little thing before sure. they hit their finisher. We were all doing the ooh at one point. I mean, ironically, but still. Uh, but, but Braun Strowman, two power slams on Lesnar through a table before flipping the third announce table onto him, oh which my God. sent him on a stretcher. We knew he was coming back, but still. Yeah, that was another thing I read. When, when WWE needs, does the stretcher spot, they need to actually at, have people t- be taken away and leave. 
forever. Like, well, not forever, but no. for the match. Forever. Because yeah. when it's 100% guaranteed that if a person getting wheeled away on a stretcher is coming back, right. that eliminates all drama from the stretcher spot. Unless they have that Neville shit in that match of Jericho a while back when he fucked up his leg. Not 99% of the time, yeah, the stretcher spot means they're coming back. Right? I mean, look at the past stretcher spot. It's we overplayed. had that shitty one with Sasha. Roman at, at the, the Rumble. Hell in a Cell. Roman at the Rumble. Uh, that which that was fucking annoying because it basically got Roman out of there for most of the Rumble to come back yeah. and be at the end. Yeah. That was the one that Trips won, wasn't it? Yes. Well, and I don't know that was or did Orton win? And then we were like, oh, well, at least Orton won. It was one of them. It doesn't matter. It was still it was bullshit, whichever time it was. But that main event though was was fantastic. Yes, very good. Um, moving on to Raw, uh, we can sum Raw up by nothing happened, and they're mm-hmm. moving forward with a Lesnar Strowman program. Yeah, that opening segment was really it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, Miz had a. I mean. I hate to say Miz is being repetitive, but Miz is is being repetitive. Like, but he made points. He made, uh, yeah. Like, it sucks that his points from literally a year ago are still relevant today, where he keeps getting overshadowed by all the other guys, and he keeps like saying how he's been here and he's doing all these things yeah. for the company, and they don't let him like be honored for it. Yeah, and like that's fine, but like, you know, it was a year ago. We get it. A year ago today. Yeah, that that Talking Smack promo happened. Yeah. And it sucks because we were all talking about how that was going to be the launching point for The Miz. And and where is he now? I mean, where is he now? He's He's been the IC title holder pretty much the entire time since then. I know, but which should mean a lot. But unfortunately, the way they book it, it hasn't meant much. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, he's got a belt, but what does it matter if they shit on the belt? Nothing. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, most of Raw was. I actually fell asleep for. I'd rather most be a shit on hour. champion than a shit on every single other person at that company, though. True. So. So yeah, not really much else happened on Raw. I can't even remember a single other big story point, other than Jason Jordan asking for a match with Finn Balor. And Kurt then getting being, it. Yeah, and Kurt being like, yeah, here you go, son. And then him being basically embarrassed by Finn Balor. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Big Cass got hurt. And Big Cass got injured. Legit which is, injured. Which is very unfortunate for Big Cass. Which is, which is interesting because uh, Enzo would go on to debut on 205 Live. Wait, what? I sent you that link. I don't remember that. Well, Enzo debuted on 205 Live last night. Which means that the match with Enzo and Cass was probably going to end with Enzo getting beaten so bad that he left left Raw. Oh, my God. However, Enzo won that match. Well, he he won by injury. Uh, So so what exactly happened? Just real quick for the people at home who who haven't seen it. On what? On his injury when Cass got hurt. Yeah, so it was just... Cass comes at Enzo for a big boot. Enzo does the pull down the rope, so Cass topples it over. We've seen this move a million times. It's nothing out of the ordinary. However, once uh, Big Cass went over the top rope, he came crashing down, 
landed a little, looked a little weird. Didn't even look that out of the normal, to be honest. But then he like immediately turns around, starts slamming down on the mat, looks angry as hell. They do the whole audio cutting for him swearing his head off. Benoit? And then just uh, a black shirt dude from the back comes running out. They don't even put up the X's. A black shirt dude just comes running out. They immediately escort him backstage. Uh, Enzo looks surprised. It looks really awkward. And they're just like, "Uh, Enzo wins because Cass could no longer compete. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it was... It was awkward and sad, and Big Cass was looking like he was going to get a program moving forward with something, but not anymore. Out for estimated nine months. Puts him back after WrestleMania. Gross. However, however, this could also be a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. because this could allow for them to course correct both Enzo and Cass. Sure. And in nine months, bring them back together as a face. Have Cass come back, be like, look, Enzo, my injury made me realize that like, I need you and I miss you and let's be friends again. That's a possibility because realistically breaking them up was a stupid thing to do. Probably. So, I mean, I see where they wanted to give him a singles push. Uh, and Enzo, I always felt like would be a great manager. A great manager, both heel or face. Um, he could do either, honestly, a- as manager and be great. Uh, he's not a t- he's not he's not bad in ring. He's 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 not bad in ring. But two hundred five live might be a good place for him to stall out for a little bit and just and learn from better better wrestlers. Very true. Because realistically, not to shit on Enzo, but every single person on two hundred five live is a better wrestler than him. Oh yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. When he when 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 God made that CAW, he put everything in charisma. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, you know they could do that. They could reunite them, or you could still have him come back as a heel. We've always said this on the show. You know, sometimes time away. Uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that it's time away with an injury, but time away is the greatest reset because someone can come back and immediately be legitimate, even if they were never legitimate before. True. Look at gender. Yeah. Jinder was away for years, and when he came back and was put in the main event scene, granted, they mishandled it a little bit, but you can be legitimized with absence. You can come back with a new look, a new theme, and when you come in and just start kicking asses, people will go, oh shit, something must have changed while I was gone. And then at that point, you make a storyline and go, I was doing this when I was away, and that's why I'm fucking here to kill people. And it's like, oh shit. So you can have Big Cass come back in nine months right after WrestleMania and just lay waste to people. Right. You know? How, how crazy would it be if Strowman won the world title at or Universal Championship at WrestleMania, and then the next night on Raw, out of nowhere, big boot to the face. And you'd, you'd be like, oh shit, Big Cass is back, and he's strong as fuck now. Exactly. Um, nothing really else on Raw. SmackDown, we'll hurry up and get through. Uh, A that, great SmackDown. Really good uh, show. A really good show, some great wrestling, and a lot of good... Uh, character work mm-hmm. um you it looked like we said earlier they're definitely moving towards a ko shane thing this is fine. um they those two are fighting back and forth constantly uh however because uh ko lost his u.s title shot uh he can no longer challenge for that title while aj holds it sure uh, so that means thank god aj will no longer be fighting kevin owens but it does mean we're probably getting corbin and aj now 
Yeah, that's a possibility. Because they did mention the, that but AJ wants to keep doing that's the That's also contradictory to our narrative that Corbin is getting buried. You can't get buried and then get a title shot. I don't know. I feel like on Tuesday of this upcoming week, he will be the person to answer the open challenge because he was the ref for the match, the guest referee. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought it was interesting when he asked Sammy, when KO asked Sammy to be the guest referee. Yeah. That would have been a very bold, interesting choice of having Sammy Zayn go out there and seemingly help right. out his friend, but then not count a three count. It's one of those things, too, where they were like showing Kevin Owens being like, the only person I truly can trust in this world is my biggest enemy. It's weird. Because you're the only one that I've known for so long. It was really cool. It was, and, it was an interesting moment. Missed opportunity not having it. And who knows what at least... And honestly, Kevin Owens, you know, some people some people will, will kind of shit on him and say that he's like one note. But man, he looked devastated after that loss. Oh, yeah. Legit like, tears down his face. It was it was crazy. I, he, he does have a broader range than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and if you for, forget that, go back and watch when he first showed up in NXT. With the program he did with Sami Zayn was incredible. Um, we also have a glorious uh, call up. Oh yeah, to the main roster, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Uh, you know, it wasn't even a squash against Aiden English either. Aiden got some offense in. Yeah. Um, interesting to see where the I figured he was going to essentially uh, take over the Randy Orton spot sure. on the uh, uh, main uh, card the main uh, event scene. Um, that would have been, I mean, but Randy Orton, I don't know if he's going anywhere. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, and then the other big return slash new person on SmackDown is Shelton Benjamin. And he is set up with Chad Gable. Uh, it seems like a little bit wackety schmackety at the moment with the way that interaction went, but I'm excited for Shelton Benjamin to be back. Gable's good at Gable's, great in ring yeah shelton's a legend practically so there there are kind of like uh two camps as to where people are predicting that this one's going um the first one is that they're just going to recreate the uh nxt storyline of american alpha sure because that was Gable being like, let's be in a team. And Jordan being like, I don't know. Until he eventually like gave in and then they became American Alpha. And then sure. they fucking won championships. And it was great. Sure. Um, so they could do that again. But with uh, Shelton Benjamin Huge playing the uh, Jason Jordan role. Huge upgrade. Or they do the Shelton Benjamin coming back being like, I didn't want to be in a fucking tag team again. And so they start working as a tag team. They take some losses. Benjamin gets frustrated, turns heel on Gable. Sure. And uh, then Gable is, or Benjamin is Gable's first big feud. Sure. Either of those work for me. I kind of hope that they do new AA personally of those two choices, because I feel like no offense to Jason Jordan, but Chad Gable with Shelton Benjamin has a fuckload of possibility in it. Um, Cause they are both really gifted mm-hmm. in the ring. Um, and Gable's come a long way in terms of his ability to talk. His promos are still not great, but he is better than where he was before. And it uh, also give a new credible face tag team for SmackDown, which is neat because they only have New Day 
and fashion police question mark but they're not necessarily credible in i don't know ring they, as being like their champions. last their last big match was a title opportunity that they came real close to winning yeah also that's another thing is well we allegedly are going to have this a conclusion to the story for that on the upcoming smackdown next week uh i don't know if they're actually going to conclude it because they said they were going to conclude it like two two or three times now yeah i'm still fine with it my theories on it being crime time did not come to fruition yet yet However, uh, if they were going to do the Brooklyn, Brooklyn entrance right. in Brooklyn, then that's a missed opportunity. It, it, but hey, WWE, missed right? opportunities. It's kind of one of their catchphrases. Um, honestly, you know, the Twin Peaks one, I wish that they would, would have stopped it after two, but if they can keep coming up with new stuff, I'm fine with that story continuing. It's been very entertaining for the most part. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, and then. Uh, Nakamura defeated the Singh brothers. Yep. And then also got the one up on, uh, on, um, um, Jinder um, uh, right mm-hmm. at the end. He hit him with his finisher. Sure. Um, so that's probably moving forward as the next program again. Is that repeat again at the next pay per view? Sure. And I think that the, uh, the only other match I can remember on the card was the women's tag team. Yeah, and that just kind of furthered the uh, Carmella's going to cash in on Natty at some point. Um, Assuming Charlotte's still with her dad, um, because we haven't seen her. Yep. Um, Yeah, that happened while I was on vacation, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ric Flair put into a... It was a medically induced coma, you said? Yeah. And they did a surgery on him. He's out of the woods. He's communicating again. He's awake. Um, Well, he's not out of the woods. I'm sorry. He's not not out of the woods yet. Uh, he's, he's recovering, doing much better. Um, things are on the up and up, but, uh, he's still, still not a hundred percent. Well, hopefully a speedy recovery for him. Uh, is there any of the news you wanted to talk to talk about? Um, we, we covered the big cast injury. We covered the beach ball. We covered the beach balls. Um, rude call up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin returned. Uh, that's that's I think that's that's I can I can do a quick search here, but I don't think that there's any other big sure news items. So upcoming. Oh wait, Oscar was injured. We said oh, that. Yeah, we mentioned uh, that over the NXT, but that's only a six to eight week injury. Sure. And with the way, uh, honestly, I think it'd be smart that she'd just be like, "I'm so fucking good. Right. None of these people deserve to have a match with me. I'm gonna wait for the May Young Classic." winner possibly who, who hasn't been uh they haven't done the finals they're for that filming yet. that right so they're filming that now right uh well they filmed half of it i think the second half is coming later and i'm pretty sure that they the final match is going to at least be live sure the next um, pay-per-view is no mercy so that's that's in a month we have a month until the next pay-per-view and that's raw correct yes that is a raw branded one uh staple center la uh, and then October 8th, Hell in a Cell. So predictions for this one. Uh, we already know the main event. Um, I'm predicting a Bliss is going to get her rematch mm-hmm. because Bliss has been featured in the uh, marketing materials sure. for No Mercy. Um, so that's two matches. Uh, I could see a Shizaro getting their rematches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hasn't happened. Or... If it, this broken thing winds up, dude, they, the most the most painfully obvious tease from Matt Hardy came out recently. Which was that? Uh, he tweeted, 
Although I don't know if do you consider tw- his Twitter to be in the kayfabe canon? I don't know because his Twitter sometimes is his own outlandish shit. Uh, he was quoting a WWE tweet saying, "Which tag team do you think has the best chance to defeat the Raw tag team champs, Dean mm-hmm. Ambrose and Rollins?" And it was a link to a poll. And he uh, responded to it saying, the WWE, new, the WWE Universe knows, wrestling fans know, the Hardys have another reign coming, hashtag Woken Matt, and in quotes, T.O. Nero, Jeff Hardy can't be contained. Huh. Okay. They actually did have a, a decent match with So, I mean, if they're doing a too. Woken instead of Broken, whoop, and some other brother nero uncle nero by the way one more thing that i want to mention before we go off the air whatever one more thing i want to mention before we go off the air and this has absolutely nothing to do with wrestling yeah but i just wanted to talk about it real quick uh september 16th are you aware of what's happening on september 16th no okay so uh we don't we don't talk politics on this show was not a political not a political show uh but fuck nazis I think everyone can agree on fuck Nazis. Right. right. Uh, so there's a big pro Trump alt right protest that is going to happen on the Capitol on September 16th. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and a bunch of these alt writers and, and a bunch of these white supremacists are, uh, whether or not it started as a white supremacist rally, it's turning into one because a lot of white supremacists and these fucking Nazi fuckheads are attaching themselves to this, this pro Trump rally and whatever your opinions are in politics, that's not what this is about. Uh, everyone can agree. Fuck Nazis. So all these dudes are supposed to show up on the 16th of September in Washington, DC, but there was already an event scheduled, a protest scheduled in Washington, DC for that day, because three years ago, the juggalos, the fans of the insane clown posse uh-huh. were labeled as a gang by like a gang watch list for the U.S. government. And so, two and a half years ago, they said, let's schedule a protest to show them that we're not a gang, and we're going to get the largest gathering of the Juggalos ever to march on Washington, D.C., September 16th, 2017. So, coming up right around the time that No Mercy's happening, uh, we're going to have a different kind of a different kind of match, brother. Uh, I think it's incredibly interesting, and I, I can't wait to see what happens. But we have a, a a march on DC between potentially between Nazis and, as they've called themselves, the Dark Carnival of Souls, the Insane Clown Posse Juggalos. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, my only opinion on that is a uh, a big whoop whoop. Welp, welp. With that, and with that, thanks everybody for tuning in. You can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Faggot. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CBPonix. You can follow the both of us on Twitter at Small Package POD. That's POD for podcast. Uh, and also follow us on Facebook at Small Package POD or just search Small Package Show. Uh, we do a lot of stuff on there. We do live event stuff uh, whenever we go to Evolve shows. We're going to Other be lo- streaming Corey taking punishment. Uh, a facial mask. <laughs> careful, careful by saying Corey's taking a facial on the air. That's different. Uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Small Package Show. Thank you so much. See you next week. And hit it with it, Bob. It's Small Package.